once again, you have hit play on your player device of choice, and you're listening to Stomp Tokyo, the cult movies podcast, hosted by me, Chris Holland. And I'm Scott Hamilton. And we need to follow up a little bit on this 35mm thing. Okay. I got a, a tweet from Rebecca Safier. Do you remember Rebecca? I don't think so. Rebecca used to run B-Fest at uh, A&O Productions at Northwestern. Okay. Uh, and in the interim, she has moved to Los Angeles and is working, doing various things in the film industry there. Um, at least I think she's still in L.A. She can tweet me again and correct me if I'm wrong. But she said that uh, the um, issue that I was asking about where... Um, theaters were being required to remove their 35 millimeter projectors in order to install DCP um, was generally an issue of size. Yeah. That the DCP projectors are large enough that um, if you have a, a pretty traditional projection booth, you just don't have room for both. Yeah. That was kind of what I suspected. Yeah. Um, and I looked around for some confirmation of this on the web, but it's uh, there's not really a lot of people talking about it, so I, I wasn't able to find much. But yeah, I mean, it's such a it's such a specific thing. I mean, if you were to build a theater today, I'm sure that you would make your projection room big enough to hold everything you need. But if you're talking about a theater that was built 80 years ago, that's yeah. probably not the case. No, and and actually, I mean, there are the th a lot of the theaters being built today. I mean, apart from cineplexes, I'm talking like more like boutique theaters. You know, are doing without the projection rooms altogether. They just have you know a, a digital projector mounted on the back wall or on the ceiling or whatever, and lines running to a central you know computer somewhere. Yeah, that's pumping that stuff out. So I know the um, there's a small theater here. Art House Theater in downtown Austin that uh, it's called the Violet Crown. Um, I haven't been, but my understanding is that, you know, no projection rooms in the theaters. They're little 50 seat theaters and they just, you know, pump it out digitally. Hmm. What do you know what their uh, what their business plan is? I mean, do they rent those theaters out or do they actually show movies or they actually show movies? In fact, um, they are a combination restaurant, bar, and movie theater. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so most of their revenue is coming from the sale of, you know, expensive drinks and whatnot. And I will include a link to the Violet Crown in the show notes, which, yeah. by the way, you can find at cultmoviespodcast.com. And this is episode eight. Eight episodes. Look at us. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Violet Crown Theater. Yeah. And that's how they make their money. Um, they, you know, they show first run Woody Allen, you know, festival movies, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Cool. So you sent me an interesting, I guess, did you text me yesterday? Yes, yeah, you texted so. me. Yeah. Um, to ask if I had seen the cover of the latest Gamera Blu-ray. Yes. Uh, for the Gamera 3 Blu-ray. Um, that, in fact, has a quote from us. 
uh, back yes. in the day. <laughs> that makes what two in the last uh, almost twenty years. <laughs> well, what was we? Uh, we were on the Incredible Hulk Returns. That's right. Manker Bay. And, and this. And this. <laughs> that that may be there may be another one that I'm forgetting. Well, there was that Korean company that stole my website, my Yongari website, but that was uh, that was a nice. different thing. <laughs> Um, but it was pretty neat that I, I don't know how I had missed that, but yep, uh, they actually have our quote on the cover of the on the cover of the DVD. And what does our quote say? Uh, the finest giant monster movie made since the original Godzilla. Is that uh, is that still true? I still think it's true. Yes. Um, I, I mean, other than I don't know. Uh, no, I think it's probably still true. Yeah. Um, you know, I really like Cloverfield, but that's you know less of a giant monster movie and more of a horror movie that just happens to have a giant monster in it. Of course, you can yeah. kind of say the same thing about Gamera 3, but, um, you know, it, Gamera 3 is certainly the, the best of the Japanese movies, I still think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we were all kind of disappointed in um, what happened with the Godzilla movies after Godzilla 2000. Yeah. Uh, there was some great stuff, some you know, and largely because it was made by the same guy who did these fantastic Gamera movies. But I guess I don't know. He maybe never felt. What was his name? That director, uh, Shuseko Kaneko. Shuseki Kaneko, or something. Uh, like that. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm getting that wrong. Well, he only did he only did one of the movies of the Godzilla movies. Really? Um, I thought he did a couple. No, no, he only did. Uh, uh, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, All Monsters Attack, or whatever they ended up right. calling it, um, which was one of the better ones there, but it wasn't really quite as good as the Gamera movies. Yeah. I mean, I it, don't know. I, I feel like he really felt some ownership over the Gamera movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he, he completely reinvented it. To yeah. reinvent this whole thing and make it his own, and, and he did that in the trilogy. And I, maybe he spent all of his giant monster, you know, juice on, on that. Uh, but. Uh, that Godzilla movie was just not quite up to par. It still had some great moments. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, I've, I've watched that one fairly recently. It's still got a lot of a lot of good scenes. Yeah. Um, and you know, there are good scenes in some of the movies after, you know, after they brought Godzilla back in two thousand. Um, but not as many as the Gamera movies had. Yeah, I would say the only giant monster movie that I've seen that has really impressed me in the last. 10 years would be the host. Yeah. And that's borderline for being a giant monster. Okay. It's a pretty damn big monster. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't knock down buildings or anything I like suppose. that. I suppose. I suppose. It's pretty big, but yeah, yeah. not that big. And, and we may, you know, we may have a, a little bit of a renaissance coming up in the next couple of years because we do have, uh, at some point, an American Godzilla movie allegedly directed by the guy who did Monsters, which was also a pretty good giant monster movie. Have you seen That's, that? I, you know, I've seen the first half hour of it, and I got interrupted and, and had to go do something else, but I, I keep meaning to go back to it. Yeah. Um, the other one that I should probably call out to is... Oh, God help me, I had it. Just to say... Oh, um, Super 8. Super 8, yeah. I mean, I think that counts as a giant monster movie. Yeah. I mean... It knocks over trains, for God's sake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, one nerd to another. It's a giant monster. Um, and uh, also upcoming is Pacific Rim, which should be, which could be really interesting. Tell me about that. Uh, it's Guillermo del Toro's uh, 
upcoming movie. I think uh-huh. it's either coming out in I think it's coming out in 2013, so it's still a ways off. Uh, but apparently, it's about uh, giant monsters are appearing in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and you know, stomping into into land and destroying cities. So, uh, us puny humans have to build giant robots to deal with them. Um, it sounds pretty interesting. Got it. Yeah. Cool. So I was looking at that uh, review that they took the quote from. Yes. Um, not a bad review. I mean, definitely in the early days of our uh, film criticism, so not as well written as I think as I like to think we would do today. But uh, the main thing I noticed is that the screen captures are just look like hell. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's because those screen captures are from a <clears throat> import VHS. <laughs> As in imported by your local uh, comic book convention video dealer? That would be that would be the one. Yeah. Or probably, I mean, I mean, think, I think it was Video Daikaiju, probably is where I got it. Yeah. Because I remember that probably at that point, that was around 2000. They were like, they had kind of solidified their position as being, if you if you want to get Japanese stuff, and you want it subtitled, we'll do it. And they right. did it quicker than anybody else. Um, but uh, are those guys still around? I have no idea. I mean, the, I mean, the, uh, the 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 fact is that we don't really need them so much anymore. Right. I mean, and, and there's there's a two pronged reason why we really wouldn't need somebody like Video Daikaiju anymore. One is that, at least when it comes to Godzilla and Gamera movies, practically all of them are now available. Right, uh, they still exist. They do, huh? Yeah, and I think this, nowadays their you know their titles are more and more niche. I mean, yeah. I'm seeing an awful lot of, um, uh, what do you call them, Ultraman knockoffs here. Yeah. Um, and looks like the old Spider-Man television series. Um, you know, I'd have to click through their catalog to see it all, but. Oh, wait, you can't see their catalog online. No, they, they the still catalog. want to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they still want to send you a paper one. But it says here 2011 to 2012. So that's right. I guess they're still around. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think that's the right place for them, right, is that sort of niche stuff that would never really justify a huge, uh, what you call it, a huge audience here in the state, release here in the States. But yeah. Um, but certainly there are people out there who are you know, going to want to see them. So I thought we could go through real quickly what the status is of Godzilla in the U.S. At what least is the status? I, I like to think he's sitting on a beach somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, recently we just had Criterion put out the original Godzilla on Blu-ray. Oh, you mean the movies? Yes, the movies. Okay. And, uh, and um, Media Blasters put out Destroy All Monsters on Blu-ray. So those are, in fact, out. And then I think the majority, the vast majority of all the other Godzilla movies are out on DVD in, you know, let's say good DVD versions. You know, letterboxed, good image quality in Japanese with English subtitles or English dubbing if you want it it that way or if you have kids. Um, With a couple of exceptions. Uh, The exceptions would be King Kong vs. Godzilla which is held by Universal. 
and I think they only, because of the whole rights issue over King Kong, they really only can uh, release the American version. So I don't know that we're ever going to see a better version than that. I mean, they released, I think, a full-screen version. Maybe it was letterboxed, I forget, but it was in English, and it was the American version. But we're never going to see anything else. And then uh, Godzilla 1985 and Godzilla vs. Biollante are basically lost to the American market for whatever reason. Uh, Godzilla vs. Biollante was partially distributed by HBO, right? Uh, yeah, uh, and Miramax. Um, so... I, the rights on that one are probably too messed up. Also, I suppose Godzilla versus Megalon, which has been treated as public domain in the U.S. Um, recently, Media Blasters said they were going to be releasing it on DVD and Blu-ray, but with the troubles that Media Blasters are apparently having right now, that may or may not happen. Um, that company is not in good shape. Got it. But beyond that, everything after Godzilla vs. Biollante has all been released on DVD by Sony in excellent in excellent versions. Some of them even have some extras on the disc, so that's nice. Um, you know, beyond that, uh, the Gamera movies, I believe all of those are available on DVD at least. Um, so- yeah, I know there are a couple of... Um, it just occurred to me to think about the streaming side of things. I know that a couple of the Godzilla movies are available on Netflix. Yeah. Um, King of the Monsters, Final Wars, Tokyo SOS, Godzilla vs. Mothra, Godzilla Raids Again. Um, I think those are the Sony ones. Well, no, some of those are classic media, actually. Yeah. And then Gamera, um, Return of the Giant Monsters, Magic Serpent, Gamera the Giant Monster, all of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Although those are probably DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, uh, some company, was it was it Media Blasters again or some other company recently put out all the, ga- the you know, the old Gamera movies on DVD in really nice versions with, with extras and everything, <laughs> including the ones that really didn't deserve to be on DVD, like Gamera Super Monster, the one that's made up of... Uh, of uh, stock footage almost mm-hmm. entirely but uh it's out there if you want to see it yeah but you know I, I guess my point is that it isn't like in 2000 when we did that review of of gamma where you couldn't see this stuff if right. you wanted to it was really tough without paying 20 plus dollars to a bootlegger vhs yeah i mean that, that's the reason those uh Screen caps look so rough is that they're like third or fourth generation VHS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, although I, I'm disinclined to replace them with fresh screen caps because I kind of like the, you know, the old school look. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a uh, it's a chronicle of what was going on at that time. So that's true. There's some value to that. That's true. As is the site design. Yes. <laughs> from 2000. <laughs> <laughs> It was a long time ago. Um, the the other reason why I'm a little surprised that Video Taigaiju can still survive is that the fan subbing internet market has become huge recently. Yeah, but I think that still requires a level of um, technical expertise. You know, there are a lot of people out there who probably would do BitTorrent stuff if they felt comfortable doing it. Yeah. 
but you know the rights holders have made that just scary enough that uh, you know I, I know people who used to torrent television shows and no longer do because they got a call from their you know provider who said we catch you doing this one more time we're gonna you know pull the plug hmm. um, and I've had a couple of people tell me that um, so it's you know they they're keeping it going just enough to to make it you know scary yeah um you know i i do download quite a few fan subs um you know nothing that anybody in the u.s has has rights to um so probably it will never it would never even come up you know as an issue um you know i think I, I saw one thing interesting, you know, talking about uh, with Kamen Rider, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is a Japanese franchise about a, a guy, you know, who transforms into a kind of a cyborg thing and fights bad guys. And it's been going since 1971. And especially with the new series, it seems like the, the you know, Japanese production company doesn't really care if it gets fan subbed in the United States. Because where Common Writer makes its money, especially recently, is on the toys. Gotcha. It's, it's essentially a toy commercial. Hey. Uh, and, you know, therefore, having somebody, you know, having a group of fan subbers spread it in the U.S. only increases the sales of toys, even if a, even if a tiny amount. But I don't think that these companies think they're actually going to be releasing this stuff in the U.S., so why not get the extra toy sales if they can? Well, I mean, it's not like I mean Transformers is essentially a giant toy commercial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but Common Rider sometimes takes it to a, a, a even more ludicrous extreme. Um, in the last four or five series, like in uh, one of them was called Common Rider Double, and so basically the idea was that he had he could plug in these things into his belt when he transformed. You know, his belt is always what makes them transform, and he could plug in these these modules, and each color, and he, you know, he had different colors, and each color had an ability. So, you know, the red one is for heat, and the I don't know, there was a silver one that was metal. So, the the point is that when he would transform, he would transform with one color on one side and one color on the other side, and of course, you have all the combinations of all these different colors. So that's you know, that many different action figures of the main character. <laughs> Couldn't just pull a Voltron and, uh... <laughs> no, no, no. You oh, mean, wow. like, like have him come apart or something? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that would be, that would be, no, 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 no. Different figures for all of them. Nice. For, for every combination. Green and black, black and red, black and black. You know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's a little blatant. Quite honestly, you mentioned all the sort of modern Godzilla movies. What about the, you know, the mid '60s and '70s ones? They're all in fairly good release shape. Yes, they they all are. Um, Classic Media did a box set and did uh, did you know good DVD releases of those. And then the ones that Classic Media didn't own, Sony owned, and they released. Sony released all of theirs. So nice. yeah, they're. They're all out, you know, with the exception of of, Mega, of Godzilla versus Megalon. That's that's the only holdout there. 
and you know, classic media even released Rodan and wow. uh, War of the Gargantulas, and Sony released a set which had Mothra and some other early Japanese science fiction movies like uh, the H Man. Ooh, the H Man. Um, and there was another one in that set. Was it Battle from Outer Space? I think it was Battle from Outer Space. And then uh, some smaller companies did Varan and uh, 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 the Mysterians, I think, and uh, Mentango, the Mushroom People. So pretty much all of those are covered. Um, there's probably a couple of stragglers that I'm forgetting, but by and large, yeah, we don't really need bootlegs quite the same way we used to. Hmm. Well, it's a, a happy day, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely different than when we started doing this. So did you see that Keanu Reeves died? He did not die. <laughs> Twitter says that it must be true. <laughs> Twitter, well, the Chinese Twitter the other day said that Kim Jong-un had died, too. Really? Chinese Twitter. Yeah, I can't remember <laughs> what it's called. But, uh, you know. I'm not even going to say something because it'll be racist. Um, <laughs> it'll be the no, never, never mind. Um, yeah, apparently the uh, news of Keanu Reeves' apparent death is trending on Twitter. Really? Right mm-hmm. now? Okay. Mm-hmm. Right now, my friend. I, I did not know that. Do a search for do a search for Keanu. Do I have to? Yes. No, you don't. But the, <laughs> apparently, somebody wrote a, a dumb thing about uh, how he died in a snowboarding accident in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> I guess hoping to, I don't know. I, I don't know what they were hoping to do. Yeah. But um, they... Uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's people are trying to goof on the whole Whitney Houston thing. Yes, it that's sounds exactly. Like, it sounds I, like, yeah, people are also trying to make it sound like Tom Cruise had died, too. Yeah, I was going to say capitalize, but I'm not sure how you capitalize on Yeah, no, that's, that's maybe not the best term. <laughs> Can Twitter stop killing alive people? <laughs> Seriously, this is getting out of hand. My heart skipped a beat at the Keanu Reeves Twitter hoax. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you saw Cowboys and Aliens. I did. Um, and I'm not sorry I saw Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, but neither am I particularly glad that I saw Cowboys. It was a little underwhelming, all, all things considered, considering the talent involved. Do you know what it needed? What? It needed more funny. Yeah, they made this movie already. This movie was called Tremors, mm. and Tremors was funny. Yeah, right. I mean, it had everything that Tremors had. You know, basically. Um, and then wasn't even as clever as Tremors in terms of like who the aliens were or the monsters or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, but there. But you know, basically, it's you know, low tech out in the West, isolated people dealing with a monster invasion. Yeah, well, and you know, uh, the the West, the Western, even if Tremors was set in the modern day, it was still kind of a western yeah absolutely and what was it the fourth tremors movie that actually was a western yeah i think so yes but you know i love those movies yeah thematically that was not outside of what what tremors was doing no and and the problem was that you know it it needed to be about 30 percent more comedy than it was yeah and better better aliens 
Well, how can you have... I, you could have kept the aliens exactly the same. Yeah. You could have um, kept everything in the movie exactly the same, but there needed to be more more jokes in the movie. I mean, come on. Um, I you know I don't think it needed to be Galaxy Quest, but Tremors was a pretty serious monster movie. It was scary, and the characters were still funny, and that's what you know kept it from being monotone the whole time. Yeah, which is what Cowboys and Aliens was. I I would agree. Um, yeah, just um, I don't know. I mean, it, it was just kind of disappointing. I, I can't even really remember it that well because I saw it, you know, six months ago. Yeah, and well, it, basically, it's James Bond is a cowboy, and so is Han Solo. And Han Solo's gotten old, and they um, run into Mila Jovovich's younger sister, and you know, and there are some aliens who are mining for gold and lassoing people from their flying insects. Yeah. I can't even remember what Olivia oh, Wilde's role was. Like She was the disguised alien who was like the last survivor of her race who wanted to destroy the aliens on our planet. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Except like I said, have... Mila Jovovich's younger sister. Except she didn't have, you know, she didn't have Superman's strength in flight. She just... No, she resurrected from being dead. Yeah. Pretty useful. Yes. Kind of. She kind knew of how to cutting, make aliens cutting the chase there, but yeah. Go up, you know? She was doing all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, but both, both movies, Tremors and uh, Cowboys vs. Aliens had Kevin Bacon. Oh, okay. wait. No, that was Sam. Well, that was not Kevin Bacon. <laughs> what are you talking about? It could have been Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Sam Rockwell is, you know. I love he, Sam Rockwell because he. He uh, he's he's such a chameleon. This is what I'm saying. Charlie's Angels. He turned into Kevin Bacon. Yes. In, in that one, he definitely did become Kevin Bacon from Footloose, which was pretty funny. Okay, but you know, um, I'm pretty sure you wanted to talk about you know what other science fiction movies there have been recently. Oh, you're going to tell me what I wanted to talk about? Yes, yes, I am. You're trying to keep this conversation on track, are you, Scott? <laughs> Um, nice try, buddy. We're going to talk about Kevin Bacon a little bit more. <laughs> no, okay, yes, this all came up because uh, last week, before I had seen Cowboys vs. Aliens, I was kind of asking you, hey, is this worth watching? This is not on the episode. This was before we recorded. Um, even though I had already rented it, I was kind of like, oh, do I really want to bother? Should I just return it? Whatever. Um, but I was really thinking to myself, it's been a while since I've seen like a really decent science fiction movie um, certainly in, in the cineplexes um, and I'm, I'm still like the last one I can think of that I really really enjoyed that I thought was, was thought provoking science fiction was Wally. yeah that's a while ago you got any other storm? that was a while ago um, well I mean recently in yeah, the last couple, of years. last couple of years. I mean, uh, we have had uh, Duncan Jones, who did Moon. You saw um, that. Yeah, you saw. She that. also had Kevin Bacon. No, it didn't. 
Um, that also no, you're right. It had Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, and uh, and he after Moon he did Source Code. Um, did yeah. you see that? I did see Source Code. Okay. Um, um, which I enjoyed. I, I mean, I guess it's time travel, sort of. Sort of. Um. Yeah. All right. I mean, the Duncan Jones stuff is great. Um, Moon definitely, definitely qualifies. Yeah. Source so Code I really like too, except that there was one little moral issue that the movie completely ignored that kind of annoyed me. Uh huh. Which was that, I mean, spoilers, and you know, the main character is jumping into uh, these kind of alternate timelines and he replaces. Uh, the mind of somebody who's on this train. And at the end of the movie, they decide to let him, you know, the main character live in this other guy's body. But what happened to the other guy's mind? I mean, they essentially killed this guy so that the main character can be happy. And nobody mentions, well, what happened to the, the guy whose identity he basically, you know, took over? They never really said. It was very strange, I thought. Yeah. And, you know, a That's little, a, point. a little, uh, you know, poor, poor bastard. <laughs> Whoever that poor bastard was, it seemed like he was a nice guy, probably. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was gone. Um, I haven't seen Limitless. Have you seen that? No, I've never even heard of it. Um, it was with uh, Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro was in it. Nope. Um, about a, a drug that if you take it, it unlocks your all your potential. Sounds cool. Um, and then there was a Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I thought was really good. Okay, because it looked like not good. Oh, really? No, Rise of the Planet of the Apes was pretty good. Um, okay, I will put it on my list to watch because I, I, I looked at that and I thought, you've got to be kidding me. No. I mean, first of all, it's a Planet of the Apes movie. How could that be bad? Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, count okay. the ways. <laughs> All right, leaving aside the Tim Burton one, um, but no, no, I, I thought it, it was it was it was pretty good. Um, you know, I'm obviously we're kind of ignoring all the science, you know, action movies that have science fiction settings and, and whatnot, and ditto all the horror movies that have action, you know, that have science fiction settings because those are kind of a, a genre unto themselves. Oh, particularly the zombie ones. I mean, I guess we yes. could pull out I Am Legend as a science fiction film, but not really. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could pull out a zillion horror movies as science fiction movies. Everything from The Darkest Hour to Apollo 18 to uh, uh, Quarantine, uh, at least the American version of Quarantine. The Spanish version is kind of a, a different dealie. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know... And all the, the comic book movies that are all really action movies. You know, in, in terms of, like, science fiction movies that are actually about their ideas, no, there haven't been a ton of them. Have you seen Real Steel yet? I have not seen Real Steel. Yeah, I mean, I guess that probably is more a, uh, an, a science fiction movie than Transformers is, for example. But uh, I don't know if Yeah, I suppose, yeah, the Transformers movie movies would count but those are more like I don't know. no those are more like action movies but I'm like Real Steel is more of a 
science fiction movie than those are, I think. Yeah. I haven't seen it, so I'm not sure. Oh, Never Let Me Go. That came out recently. I'm not sure I remember that one. It's, uh, oh, it's based on a famous novel by the person who did Remains of the Day. What's his name? What's it? Blah, blah, blah. Kazuo Ishigo. Ishigero. Um, and it's about uh, three people who are being kind of... Uh, it's about these young people who are being raised in an extremely uh, sheltered way. Like, they basically have no inter interaction with the outside world. And I think pretty much everybody knows at this point that the reason that they're being raised is to be organ farms. That oh, oh, wait, yes. You know, I think I did see this. Where did I see this? Um, I'm not sure. No, you're right. I, for some reason, I've seen this or, or another movie very much like it. Um, I will say uh, one film that I saw relatively recently that, that was pretty decent science fiction um, was Extraterrestrial. Okay, is that um, the Spanish a, one? It is. Okay. Um, and uh, it's pretty excellent. Um, the basic premise is that, um, you know, aliens have landed and there are these big ships hovering over every city. Um, but, you know, the residents of the city have been told to stay inside. Yeah. And so everybody's so scared and staying inside that after some point it becomes there becomes the question of have we really been invaded or not yeah uh, and um the the action takes place in basically one apartment for most of the movie um and there's you know a lot of uh intellectual intrigue of you know our is someone in the apartment an alien? Um, what exactly is going on? There's a like a pirate television station that is claiming that the aliens don't exist or something like. You know, it's it's very very interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Um, the the director um, Ignacio Vigilando, um, known more colloquially as Nacho, uh, also did Time Crimes. Have you seen that one? Yes, yes, I have seen Time Crimes. Time Crimes is, is excellent. Um, and I believe someone's trying to make a an English language remake, but I'm not sure that's really necessary. Yeah, I, I heard that too. Don't know if it's really happening or not. Yeah, but uh, I'm pretty sure Time Crimes is available on uh, Netflix streaming. Okay, then, yeah, that's definitely a movie worth seeing. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I know the science fiction, you know, recent science fiction films are out there, but I just, I don't know. I was really hoping for Cowboys vs. Aliens to be a little more than it was. Um, it was a very straightforward sort of Western, you know, Western sci-fi without without bringing anything extra to the party. Yeah, no, I agree. When you, when you got friggin' Harrison Ford, you know, like Star Wars, those movies knew when to be funny. Yeah. You know, when to use this actor to your advantage and I don't care if he's 40 years older now you know he's still funny he can still be funny in that way that you know sometimes only a, an actor with a certain amount of gravitas can be because he's playing against hype you know yeah. alright well I'm going to look back and maybe do some follow up next week and see if I can figure out some you know 
some examples of the form that I'm looking for and maybe um, that have come out recently. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like yeah, I think Limitless is on Netflix, so I'll probably try to watch that. See see what that's like. Okay. Um, on Netflix is a uh, DVD or a streaming. Streaming. I think it's I think it's streaming now. Because it just came out last year. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. That'll, be, think that'll it be a quick turnaround. Um, it may have been an independent movie, which may be part of it. Yeah, no, you're right. It's add to instant queue. Look at that. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's independent, so that's why. It's really the studios that are always trying to hold stuff off of Netflix forever. Yeah. Well, I think we've covered everything for this week. Um, thanks for listening, everybody out there. I am Chris Holland. I'm Scott Hamilton. Find us at cultmoviespodcast.com, and thanks for listening.